Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. Eric, it is time. It's time for a, a, an old chestnut. We haven't done one of these in forever. Yeah, we uh, we went to the, the the well and asked for listener questions and got a, a decent amount yesterday. Once again, one of the reasons we don't do this because I'm forgetful, and um, I we talked about doing this last week. I mean, for this week, and then. I forgot until yesterday. I was like, oh, I need to actually get people to ask questions. But we got a decent response, uh, both in on Twitter and in the comments at True Blue LA. So uh, we're going to today's a mailbag episode. I'm excited. We're going to we're going to do a little bit of news catch up and then we're going to get right into the mailbag. There's a lot to get through. So we're going to get get to that break thing and be back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So before we get in the mailbag, there's a little bit of like just odds and ends, no major news to really talk about. But as as is the case with spring training, you hear about people in their best shape. You hear people brushing off injuries or all of that. So we've got a little bit to go through for spring training, but then we'll get right into the mailbag. What what you got so, for us, Eric? So we're recording this on Wednesday, and I believe today at some point Cody Bellinger is going to face live pitching uh, on like the backfields and um, that and that'll be like the first time he's swung a bat uh, against actual pitching he's stood in with some pitchers but like just to track pitches um, and, and you know he had shoulder surgery in November the the plan all along was for him to be like in games middle of March and that sounds like that's still the plan, and which is like next week. Um, Dave Roberts said yesterday it'll be the 14th or 15th, um, so that's Sunday or Monday of this this coming week. So 
get to see Bellinger at some point in a game, he's going to probably be like a little bit of DH and some center field uh, to start until he sort of gets back into it. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we picked opening day rosters last week and he's a wild card just because, you know, it really only leaves two weeks for him to sort of get ready to be for hitters. That's probably fine. But like just the fact that he hadn't really hasn't really played yet always throws a little bit of a wrench into that. Um, the other thing, I guess the most probably newsworthy thing that happened this week was, uh, so David Price uh, made his uh, 2021 spring debut on Monday, and um, he went in like, uh, so I believe, yeah, Julio Urias uh, started that game, and then Price was listed you know, to pitch after him, you know, it's early enough in spring where that doesn't really matter in terms of role. But we, we asked like David Price about it. He's like, yeah, I, I went and told like Andrew right before they signed Trevor Bauer, like use me. However, I don't care. Like whatever, whatever you need, I'm willing to do. So they're still going to stretch him out, um, for the spring, but it sounds like he's open to pitching in relief. Um, so that, opens up a potentially opens up a rotation spot um it could be either for you know dustin may or um tony gonsolin or it could be jimmy nelson who's on a non-roster minor league contract but has looked good as well he's started twice so far um and last night even jimmy nelson said he's willing to do whatever too so like uh the the veteran guys are like look whatever we don't care just as long as they're on the roster and Given how the opening month could be a little bit weird, you know, all those guys could end up being on the roster anyway, but like just the roles could be a little bit fluid. Um, the other sort of playing catch up. So Brandon Morrow, I, over the weekend, um, Dave Roberts said uh, Morrow's not going to pitch this spring and like, so he's not going to be ready for opening day. Um, but that's not a surprise. He hasn't pitched since 2018. So uh, we'll see there. Joe Kelly is, I believe Dave Roberts' quote was still a ways away, quote unquote, uh, from pitching. Uh, he's still sort of like throwing, you know, he's like a few days away from being a few days away from pitching in the game at this point. So like, uh, you know, we both have him on our opening day roster, but that's looking more and more precarious. Uh, in that same boat, but a little more um, confident, I think, is, is Bruce Dark Gratterall. Uh, they he didn't throw a lot in over the winter. I believe is why they were slowing him down. He hasn't pitched in a game, but he actually should probably within the next week or so. I, I would imagine he's going to pitch before Joe Kelly does, so he's probably fine for opening day roster. Uh, the other uh, Cabo Ruiz was uh, uh, late for visa purposes. He's supposed he hasn't played in a game yet. He's caught some bullpens. Um, he'll probably catch in a game later this week. Um, so we'll see him, but like, you know, he, he's the third catcher sort of anyway. I would say the the one we may have overlooked, on neither of us had Dennis Santana on our opening day roster. Uh, he's looked really good. Roberts has, Dave Roberts has praised him. Like, his command is better. He talked about him as being a guy who can go multiple innings. Now, if, they, if they're already carrying, though, like... <clears throat> If they carry all of Gonsolin, May, and Nelson, in addition to, you know, Price, obviously, um, 
there's probably not room for Dennis Santana, but there might be if Joe Kelly is not available or if Gratterall is not available. So, like, uh, Santana just at least is a name to watch. Uh, the other thing is, um, Dave Roberts said they're going to carry a second lefty, uh, which we anticipated, uh, in addition to Victor Gonzalez. Now, the only question now is, is David Price that lefty, or is he going to be, like, more of a, a lengthy guy? So, like, uh, if it's not David Price, then that opens up a spot. Or if it is David Price, it opens up another spot for a right-hander. So, interesting stuff. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's just dive into the questions, huh? All right. The first question is from Reed Parker Otley. Who gets more MLB starts between May and Gonsolin, and why? Okay, so I'm... I, I don't know on this like so 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 Gonsolin has he's like the more right now I believe Gonsolin's the more polished pitcher now right now May pro- has the biggest upside like long term um, but Gonsolin is like you know they also think like he falters at like 75 pitches May like needs a, a better like out pitch you know to get miss more bats um, so they, we saw May, they, they went to May as a short relief guy in the postseason o- over Gonsolin and then Gonsolin, he ended up being a shorter guy, but that was just because the, everything was a little bit screwy. Um, so I think, I think Gonsolin has the best shot of sticking on the roster in it, like regardless of role. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily starting. So this is a long way for me to like dodge a question, but I will just say um, that again, May was the first guy they called on last year when, you know, opening day came and they needed a starter over Gonsolin. Uh, and he did, he was in a starting rotation like all year, basically. Um, so I will say May, but I think it'll be close, like between those two. I'm going the opposite uh, and going with Gonsolin only because they seemed a little bit more ready to use May in that sort of reliever role during yeah. the, the playoff stretch uh, last year, so that maybe they settle him in there a little bit more. But like you said, just because there's so many variables, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the answer is will be Gonsolin for whatever reason. So I, so I think the, the best thing in your favor on that is that once the minor league season starts, like May is the one... Uh, pitcher of the group that could benefit actually from like further development, whereas mm. Gonsolin's more of like a finished product. So like May could be like in AAA for a while and then like starting and, and like just continuing to get better. And then Gonsolin's like on the major league team, so getting more opportunities. So I, you're probably right on this. I just I just sort of I talked myself out of my original choice. Got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. From uh, Fabian Castaneda. With Price and Nelson coming off, not playing in 2020, and the trio of Gonsolin, May, and Urias proving to be more effective in shorter spurts, can you envision more piggyback opportunities with this group of pitchers in 2021? Maybe any combo to get uh, three times through the lineup. So, sort of, but like not, I don't think it's that, it's going to be that prevalent. So, let's, let's say the scenario where all eight guys are on the roster. So, and that very well could be the case maybe but like so we both had 12 position players and 14 pitchers on our 
roster. So if you're if you're going like the true piggyback route, you're basically, but like, it. it I don't think th- maybe one one of those will be left off because, like, I th- I think they're perfectly like they're not going to piggyback Kershaw, Bauer, or Bueller. So you basically only have two spots. So let's say it's like seven starters, right? For the five spots, and that, and then so you have, then you st- then you have an, a, a functional seven man bullpen for like the rest of the stuff. Um, maybe in the piggyback games they go a little bit deeper than a, a starter might uh, in total, so you're not taxing the bullpen. But that's a rough, that's a rough ask. Um, I think for the bullpen, especially a bullpen that's uh, used to carrying um, eight in in a normal like five person uh, rotation. So I think it's, I think the piggyback stuff is more uh, maybe a couple times early, but I don't think it's something they plan on. It's more like um, let's say price starts off as a reliever. They would still want him to go multiple innings, but I think it's more like when needed. Um, I don't think it's necessarily like, um, okay, Urias is going, so Price will follow. It could be, but like they're also pretty confident in Urias, who has looked really good too. Um, in like, and Urias got through six innings more than like anyone but Kershaw last year on the staff. So like, I think they're, I think whoever's starting, they're going to want them to like still have a regular start. Um, and then you know, and then they just use the other guys to fill in when needed, not necessarily planned. So like, um, you know, maybe in the early going, cause you have course field, it's weird. Uh, they plan one, like one piggyback or something, but, uh, I don't, I don't see it like sticking too long. From Tomas Chavez, uh, in the TBLA comments with the three batter minimum rule, making Lugies all but irrelevant. Does a lack of uh, left-handed pitching options in the Dodgers farm system concern you at all? I mean, not really. Like, like I, you know, it. Corleric was like the a little more of a safety blanket than probably the current group, but it, I, I think it's more like, like long term. I'm not that worried because like Ferguson was really good. Um, and like, he's going to, you know, probably be available like next year at, you know, and probably will be fairly good. And like, they're pretty high on Victor Gonzalez. So like, that's kind of enough. I mean, in a way, like obviously they'll, they, they need more, uh, and like perhaps more of those like, will will develop, but this year, like it might be a little bit of a slog, um, you know, depending on how much they have to count on, you know, Garrett Clevenger or Alex Vesia um, or, you know, Scott Alexander. And like they, you know, the, the options are a little bit limited. Maybe, maybe having David Price, not necessarily in a short relief role, but just as an extra lefty helps. But so a little bit concerning, but long-term, not as much as short-term. So like, I, I don't, I don't see it as like a, a that concerning really. Uh, back to Tomas. Uh, with Bellinger still w- working his way back, who would be the first man up to spell him in center field if he can't start the season on time? I would assume Chris Taylor, but would DJ Peters impress the spring thus far, given an invite to, if not necessarily the main seat at the table? So, like, 
Yeah, Pete, of the three, like, extra outfielders at, at like, the, the bottom of the position player, like, 40-man roster portion, um, you know, Luke Rayleigh, Zach Rex, DJ Peters. Peters has been the most impressive this spring. Uh, he's hit a couple home runs, but also, like, uh, his plate discipline has improved greatly. He still strikes out a lot. He's always going to strike out a lot. But, like, you know, Max Muncy strikes out a lot, and he still has great plate discipline. So I think if you can, like... Um, you know, sort of have the everything that goes along with it. The strikeouts won't be that harmful. Uh, but And he's athletic enough to play center. Um, he's played center a lot uh, in the fill-in. Like, they've played 10 games so far. He started four of them in center. Uh, James Outman, um, uh, w- one of the great baseball names, but not a pitcher. Uh, he's, he's minor leaguer and f- further away. Um, he's started three games. He's played a lot in reserve. Um, but that, that's more like just filling in the innings. I think it's pretty clearly going to be Chris Taylor. And if it's, it's probably Chris Taylor in center, um, you know, maybe they go AJ Pollock some days in center and Chris Taylor in left, but like just Chris Taylor would be the one filling in if they need like um, someone to start. But DJ Peters has done well enough to that. If they need an outfielder at some point, I don't necessarily think it's opening day roster stuff, but like, uh, potentially, like, he'd be, like, the first guy up if they need to, like, bring up another outfielder. From Chivalry TK, do you think Corey Seager will sign with his team? Why or why not? Um, so I, I sort of keep going back and forth on this. Like, I think I'm, I'm more um, inclined to think he would resign than I was before for last year. Um, but I just, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like I, I've always sort of in my head thought like they would, you know, maybe he signs elsewhere. I, but you, who knows? Like, like anything could happen. Like they could sign him to an extension, you know, before the season, like they did with bets, maybe not a 12 year deal, but like you could, you could sort of see maybe that happening. I think he's going to end up hitting the market though. And it's one of those things where, like, maybe, like, Gavin Lux plays so well this year, uh, mostly at second base, that they'd just be like, well, you know, if we do lose Corey Seager, um, and, like, it's not as catastrophic a loss as possible, and also there's there's more on the market, Um, so I think it's... I think it's more likely he does not sign with the Dodgers than he that he does. But I'm I'm but the the percentage like, um, it's it's still like um, higher than I would have thought like a year ago. Yeah, I'm I'm also torn on this, especially given the market that's coming to play. And like none of those people have re-signed yet. You imagine right. some will, um, but I think. I think the higher the supply is going into the market, the more likely it is just because the deals may not come in time and the Dodgers are, I think, willing to spend. I kind of assume this will look a lot like the Grinky situation where if it wasn't for this sort of last second kind of crazy deal from Arizona, he might have been a Dodger. Um, mm-hmm. And the Dodgers had, a, a, you know, if reports are true, a very good offer for him. And I expect the Dodgers to make that offer. But if there is another team that just decides this is the guy and we're going to really kind of go over a slot for him, I'm not sure the Dodgers will match. 
Yeah. It, it, uh, and like that said, like, there's also like the factor of like, you know, if Seeger does what he did, did last year, he's going to get like a massive, massive yeah. contract. <laughs> and like, and, and so like, there, that's also the thing too. Like, is he, not that he's pricing himself out of LA because the Dodgers are probably still going to have the highest payroll next year, even, you know, even if like, you know, obviously Kershaw is, is, is a free agent, Jansen's free agent, but they still have a decent uh, chunk, at least for next year. Um, but like long term, they're not crippled. So like they could actually, they could certainly, this isn't a thing of like, well, they're just not going to do long term commitments. They, they are, but like, um, it's just a matter of like, will, will, you know, will they agree on a, on a deal? <laughs> Basically, it just comes down to that. So I don't know. From Brandon Johnson, if it turned out that the Dodgers' name had a uh, horrible history and the team had to change its name, what would your top choice? What would be your top choices? Well, it, well, it's funny. Like, if you think about it, like the original name came from like people like dodging a trolley. <laughs> you know, like that's pretty bad. Like, it's not problematically bad. It's just like that's gory. You know, yeah. like that, 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 that's. Uh, but like, I was I was thinking about this. Like, it, you know, obviously, grew up growing up. Uh, I grew up a Dodgers and a Lakers fan. And, well, and a Raiders fan. So, like, none of my teams, like, they all abandoned the city to come to L.A. at some point. Like, but, like, uh, you know, Lakers was because of, uh, of Minnesota. And, you know, Dodgers was from the trolley in Brooklyn. So, like, no one has, a, like, uh, like an L.A. name. Like, I know, like, the the minor league team, um, it was, like, the Los Angeles Stars. Well, you I, had a PCL I, I, team named the Angels, and then the right. team not based in Los Angeles stole it. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but technically they did start in L.A. No, they, the, they played, yeah. Yeah. But, like, but I know what you mean. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'm trying to think of, it would have to be, like, an L.A.-centric name. I. Uh, but I, I don't know. Is it, do you just go back to Stars? Like, um you know, it, I, it maybe not necessarily Hollywood stars. That would be a fun thing, but like, it, it's probably something like that. Like um, Hollywood squares get get oh, involved. <laughs> like is John Davidson's still alive, isn't he? Like he yeah, he should. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it's hard to imagine. Um, you know, the Dodgers are the Dodgers because they're the Dodgers. Like it's not so like the na- the meaning doesn't necessarily. It's just that they're such a brand. It's hard to imagine another name, so that's why I'm sort of struggling with this. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it would have to it would have to be something Ellie like, um, yeah. I don't I don't I don't really know. Uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank. Just pick the angels, and make the yeah deal with it. Make 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 the angels <laughs> change their name. <laughs> uh, take from, take that, Artie. Yeah. From Alejandro, who is better, Mario and a Duncan or Dave Anderson? I'm bowing out of this one. Oh man, I I actually I was gonna look up numbers on this before. So my gut is that Dave Anderson was better, but I'm not like, um, you know, look. D- Dave Anderson was on the '88 team. Mariano was in the minors that year, so they're both like, I I I don't know who was better defensively. Mariano Duncan ended up being a better hitter uh, than Dave Anderson. But like Anderson didn't really hit when we was with the Dodgers. I, I'm going with Dave Anderson, and it's this is a sad cop out, mostly because he was the decoy used on deck uh, for Kurt Gibson. Um, but I, I remember Duncan. So like 
I it was one of those where like you know I, I was so I was paying attention, and like he finished third in rookie of the year in '85, and like I was saying, oh man, he could have won it, but then I look back like he wasn't that good. Like uh, he he had a .293 on base, .340 slugging. He stole 38 bases, which was cool. He stole 48 the next year, but, like, didn't really do much else, and he wasn't that good at, at shortstop. So, like, um, it was rough. So I, I do think um, I think Anderson was better with the Dodgers. Um, so I'm going to go with him. I'm look, trying to get you numbers uh, while you were talking. Yeah, I, I was sort of looking them up as I was going to. I mean, they're like negligible career-wise. Uh, Duncan's a little bit better of a hitter. I think Anderson was probably a better defender. Uh, it is. They have the yeah, other with a tenth of a point of war career-wise. But I do think you're mm. right that uh, Anderson was better with the Dodgers and was there longer with the Dodgers. But I defer yeah. to numbers and you. So, mm-hmm. from thoughts and players. <laughs> Do you guys ever hmm. podcast with one eye or ear closed in order to challenge yourself to improve, or is that tactic reserved for massive babies? Uh, <laughs> so I enjoyed this question because it's funny, uh, but also Trevor Bauer in his last start, I don't remember if it, I guess it was Saturday against the Padres, uh, you know, we're watching the broadcast and like he struck out a couple people like with his right eye closed. And, you know, the broadcast, it took a little bit, but the broadcast was like, it was Rick Monday and um, Tim Neverett, and they're like, is something wrong with his eye? And then, it, you know, I think Vassay was the first person to at least mention it on air that he mentioned, like, in a YouTube video that he was going to try to do something like this. And he, Power after the game was like, yeah, you got to challenge yourself. And it's just like, all right, that's, that's great. Um, so he, he was just, it was just a thing. Uh, nothing, no big deal about it. I just enjoyed this question, and I included it so we could mention that Bauer struck out a couple people with an eye, one eye open, or one eye closed. Excuse me. So that was I. It. Uh, to, uh, I I almost do in that my I have things set up so that I hear myself in my right ear and you in my left ear. Whoa. Yep. That's yeah. I don't think I could do that. And my, now and then my ear will get hot, and I'll take your voice off and. Uh, and then it'll be nice and silent for a while. It's nice. Nice. My uh, my eyes actually don't focus together. So um, if I sometimes if I'm not wearing glasses, like uh, and looking at something, I would I will involuntarily close one eye. So maybe I do do that. <laughs> like, uh, but I'm wearing glasses now, and both eyes are open. So yep. From Tajik Markor, what's your all-time favorite spring training story? Mm. I have a spring training story. If you wanted to think about yours. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I guess it's not much of a story, but I went to go get uh, food. This is my first time in spring training, and it was before the Dodgers moved to Camelback. So I was at a Giants-A's game, I think, Uh, and went to go use the restroom or something and came back and had to cut through a crowd, couldn't figure out why, and it was because Willie Mays was leaving. Uh, oh. and like I saw him for like I was like next to him for like one second I'm like I and I didn't recognize him and then it took me you know 30 or 60 seconds to figure out who it could be so that was sweet yeah um okay so I, I have a couple that are that are a little bit silly um one I think was the first year it was either the first or the second year so 2012 2013 that I was there like full-time in spring training and uh, there was it was when they played um, 
couple years they did a, a, a Dodgers went to Tempe. John Green was one of their scouts. Like um, his daughter, I believe, was a victim of a shooting there. They did like a, a, a like a charity game to raise money. And the, so the Dodgers played a couple games in Tempe, and that's like a couple hours away. And I remember we went to Tempe for the game, and, you know, wasn't really making any money at the time, like just really struggling to get by. And I just remember the, the in the press box that day was like, um, it was uh, catered by Chick-fil-A. And I remember Dylan Hernandez saying, he's like, I've never seen someone smile like you did when you when you heard we were getting free Chick Fil A. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a thing. Um, I think this is well. I also liked the um, what was it, fourteen runs or something in the top of the ninth by the White Sox a couple years ago on like a Sunday night game. It was the it was a split squad day day night doubleheader. Dodgers could not get out of their own way in a game against the White Sox where I think like the uh, the bullpen catcher like uh, pinch ran at one point and scored for the White Sox and I was cackling in the press box because it was so lame and Dave Roberts was so mad after that, that like game because he just wanted to get out of there and uh, so that was pretty funny but like my thing my favorite still is is just the um, uh, when Yasiel Puig was um, going crazy in 2013 spring training, it was his first spring training. Um, he's hitting over 500 and like you know looks like a linebacker, and like everyone's going, man, this is this guy's amazing. And but it was pretty clear that like he was going to start the season in the minors. And I don't remember who actually asked this. I thought it was Dylan Hernandez, but Molly Knight said she might have asked it. I, I couldn't remember, but someone was like, how do you send down a player like this? Uh, and Don Manningly, just absolutely deadpan. He's like, well, usually I just tell him. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I was dying. It was like, uh, I, lo- I love uh, covering Don Manningly. He was he was great. Uh, and it's just like random stuff like that. Like that, I, I like that kind of stuff. So I, that's probably that's probably my, my favorite. All right. That works. Back to Tomas. I think this has been asked before, but what is your favorite non-standard potato chip brand? It probably has, but I'll talk about uh-huh. chips forever uh, mm-hmm. in flavor slash style. I only ask because there was a brief time when Salsa Verde Doritos, probably my second favorite behind spicy nachos, oh. were AWOL from store shelves for quite a while, for quite some time for reappearing recently, so it's on my mind again. Oh, and Wavy Lays, though not nearly on the same level as standard Ruffles, are pretty good in a pinch, I'd argue. I mean, in a pinch... Yeah, if, uh, but like, so if you're going to go wavy lays, I would argue just get store brand crinkle chips or whatever, mm. you know, because you're, it's probably going to be like a dollar cheaper or less. Um, uh, so right now, uh, funny you should mention, um, I am eating uh, lime and jalapeno ruffles, um, which are pretty good. Um, but like, uh, Someone pointed out, and I thought this was very pedantic, but in the comments, because this is where uh, Tomas left this comment, someone, I think, was playfully chiding him because he's like, really using uh, chips made from corn as a potato chip question? like <laughs> Because of Doritos? But like, all right, <laughs> let, let's calm down. It's all in the same genre. But um, so from, okay, so just thinking of Doritos, 
Um, my favorite, I, I hate uh, Cool Ranch. I absolutely abhor Cool Ranch. I, I am not a fan. Yeah, and so, uh, but my favorite non-nacho uh, cheese flavor uh, was taco, which was like, you know, <laughs> one of the original uh, flavors, and it's it's pretty generic, like, n- now. So, like, but I, I don't know if that's, like, so, what, what is, is, like, is barbecue considered non, like, non-standard, or is or like sour cream and onion? Are those like are those like in the standard variety? What do you I'd think? argue standard. Mm-hmm. So it's pro. So then, if it's that, I would say it's probably like jalapeno. Some either jalapeno chips. Man, or, I'd argue jalapeno is in the standard category now. They're so common. Really? Yeah. Okay, they're so common. Because mm. mm. like. I I don't like salt and vinegar is like an occasional thing for me, but it's not something you could do. It's not a volume chip, as <laughs> as you would say. Um, so, man, this is a tough one. Uh, when I, I was, well, you think yeah. I, my standard quote unquote lunch when I was in high school and I'm getting literally sick thinking about this and how I mm-hmm. how on earth I did this was the extreme Dorito nacho cheese. I forget. It had a different name, I think. But it was like the really spicy version. Mm-hmm. A roll of shock tarts and a code red <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, my God. Just You're, th- awful. Just absolutely <laughs> wired. Like, <laughs> it's, it's truly remarkable. What I mean, I, I was in that same boat. Like, so in, in, uh, yeah, in, LM, or in um, junior high, we would, I would, um, I would challenge people to, uh, to like, who could drink like a soda the fastest, <laughs> and like I almost always won. And so like, just what what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think jalapeno probably it, it falls just outside of the standard. That's probably my go to. But I, I love barbecue chips. I love sour cream and onion. The um, only thing I'll say is that everywhere else in the world. Uh, has their chip game so much more on lock than we do. Yeah. I know that um, Lays is trying to correct this and come out with wacky flavors and stuff like that. Um, all Dressed is the GOAT. All Dressed Dress Ruffles uh, from oh. our Canadian friends. are ju- It's just the best. Oh, I saw a tweet uh, with that recently, and I, I was like, ooh, that looks really good. It's <laughs> really, really good. Um, yeah. And they're everywhere. It's like, it's the, like if we were Canadian, we wouldn't be allowed to answer it because it would be a standard answer, but we're not, so I'm going to go with that. But England, oh. like, there's like shrimp prawn cocktail chips that are oh. delicious, and well, goat and cheese and chicken, which are delicious. If you go to like, uh, some stores have this too, but like uh, like an Asian market, will have uh like just shrimp chips yep. you know even the generic ones are really are those are nice uh, i like salsa verde doritos uh something i was thinking about uh also corn but like um uh there's some uh you know what is like a um sort of a guilty pleasure uh is are but they're they're also like really hot uh are takis um these but are like, a thing. I didn't know what these were, um, but yeah. my uh, a mentee that I I, I mentor uh, as a lunch buddy program, uh, they I found out from him, it it is all the rage with the kids in in fourth and fifth grade. Like they are all about it, and the fake takis yeah. that uh, Doritos makes. The, either yeah. way, they're they're a fan. 
they I find them to be a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. Um, I but like I was gonna say like uh, Cheetos, but they're like pretty standard. But like um, the some Frito varieties, um, <laughs> like there's like um, and I guess usually barbecue. But there's one like um, I want to say like it's like honey barbecue, maybe. Are they? Don't I think they also don't they have like a like a chili type uh, Frito chip? I think so. They get they get a little bit more out there with some of those, and they're they're not bad. Um, but yeah, so I think what what we're getting at is there, you, we should all eat more potato chips. All right, the last question is from you for me. It's a trivia question. Yep. Um, it has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but uh, I was struggling to come up with a question. So here it is. Um, since 2010, five pitchers have saved 10 games in a season for the Dodgers. As you might imagine, Kenley Jansen is one of those. Um, can you name how many of the other four can you name? I will try that after this. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Since 2010, five Dodgers have accumulated 10 saves in a season. One's Ken Lee. Can I name the other four? No. Um, (laughs) Four. (laughs) Thinking about this, a couple things came to mind. One, I'm I'm surprised it's four. Two, um, the... What I'm going to call the Andre Ethier era, like mm-hmm. time is not a constant. All those teams exist kind of like chaotically to me, and they are mm-hmm. all out of order. So like, I I wrote down so, some names and then thought really hard. I'm like, no, that was like five years before or something well, before, like that. Before you answer, I will tell you how I was originally going to ask this. Yeah. Well, okay, it, it was some form of this. Um, who was the last Dodger? Other than Kenley Jansen to lead the team in saves. Javi Guerrero. So that you got right. <laughs> Jerk. Ask that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I only reason I didn't do that is because I was looking at the rest. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, Yo, good. Okay. So yeah. was it Broxton before that? And that was that, did I clear, does that clear the bar just barely? Uh, actually, yes. Okay. Um, so, but there's, so that, so Broxton was 2010. Yeah. Garrow was 2011. Yeah, but um, there's two other pitchers. Um, yeah, it's, that okay. Had 10 that saves. that makes. Yeah. I'm at least happy that, that it's these like they randomly got ten. Is that the case? Not so much. Not not necessarily randomly. Okay. <sighs> um, I'm I'm missing one. Morrow didn't right. 
No. Okay. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm like, tens a lot. Tens a lot. Yeah. Tens a lot well, to yeah. clear. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I can name the other two. Okay. So I'm just looking up. Uh, Moro saved two games. Yeah. I, but that's uh, what it says. Like he's the only one that I thought like it kind of hit that caliber level. But I'll, I'm interested to hear who it is. Okay. So the actual last non-Jansen Dodger to save uh, ten games was Brandon League. Uh, See, I meant league. With, <laughs> Brandon's with, same thing. With, with 14 saves in 2030. Actually, that year, Kenley, I believe he was hurt at the beginning of the year, um, saved 28 games. So, like, that was mm-hmm. a big, like, savior. Now, the other one, um, you you might kick yourself. Probably. All, to, 2010, Broxton was hurt a little bit. Uh, so, Hong Chi Kuo saved 12 games. You know, I I wouldn't have... You would, you would have to give me a lot of time for me to remember that. Uh, that he yeah. actually, like, I remember how great he was. One of my absolute favorite players as I kind of, like, really, really started taking the fandom seriously. Uh, but, yeah, that, I had completely blanked out that little stretch. That was the year that he say, that he set a Dodger record with a 120 ERA. <sighs> he was so um, good. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. yeah. That was a great question. That was fun. And for yep. once, it wasn't about... <laughs> Zach Wheat era Dodgers. <laughs> That's right. You, you, you I almost guessed Dazzy Vance. <laughs> I, I, I was just going to say, you should have guessed Zach Wheat. Just to, just to... <laughs> uh, we have a, a, a Dodgers. I'm excited to hear about this player. Yep. Um, so Steve Yeager is today's uh, Dodgers Rewind. I was looking back. I, you know, a lot of these, like, uh, there's no real link to anything for, for Jaeger here. Like, sometimes I just like, oh, yeah, I want to do that, that guy. And then I look back and go, did we, it seems like we've talked about him before, but maybe we haven't, we haven't done a Dodgers Rewind on him because we, I have my list that we've done and he wasn't on there. So we're doing Steve Yeager. Um, so late 60s, the, the, the big draft everyone talks about was 1968. The Dodgers are very productive, like, for a few years there in the early years of the draft, uh, the Do- they got Steve Yeager in the fourth round in 1967. Um, he ended up playing uh, 14 years. He, he was with um, uh, Lasorda, I believe, a couple years in the minors. Um, but he was with the Dodgers for 14 years, 72 to 85. And then he played his last major league season with the Mariners in 86. Now, it was weird. Like, you look back, like, so... Jaeger was like always like competing with someone that seemed like for the job. It was Joe Ferguson um, early and then Mike Sosha later for him. And there were times like when Sosha got hurt, but like Jaeger like consistently like got playing time some years more than others. But like he was um, in, in, in many ways, like, um, I was going to say, well, no, I, I won't say what I was going to say because it'll give away something for later. Um, but, um, <laughs> so, okay, so he played uh, he played in four World Series with the Dodgers, 74, 77, 78, 81. You know, he was one of the group of guys who, like, you know, that was a huge deal to get, get through and finally beat the Yankees uh, in 81. Uh, he started uh, 20 of the 23 games in the World Series in those four years. Um, so in 81, he was the co-MVP. They had, uh, three MVPs that year. They just couldn't decide. Um, so, uh, it was Ron Say, Pedro Guerrero, Steve Yeager. Yeager hit two home runs in the series, uh, including, uh, Guerrero and Yeager hit back-to-back home runs in game five off Ron Guidry 
to give the Dodgers a 2-1 win and give them a 3-2 lead in the series, they would win in Game 6. Um, Tommy Lasorda called Jaeger uh, the best defensive catcher he's ever managed. I believe when I first heard that, I was surprised because Mike Sosha was... I grew up watching Mike Sosha, and he was excellent defensively, but like Jaeger was every bit as good, if, if not better, and, and arguably taught Sosha some stuff. You could say Sosha might have been a better plate blocker, but it's it's close. Um so I was reading, one of the books I was reading uh, a couple weeks back was um, The Wax Pack by Brad Baluchian. Um He bought a pack of 1986 Topps cards and then tracked down like everyone in the pack in like 2015. Uh, he like did a road trip one summer. It was pretty cool. Uh, so he met Jaeger. Um, I believe Jaeger still owns a few uh, Jersey Mikes. And I believe he met Jaeger at one of the Jersey Mikes. <laughs> in the, uh, but um I thought this quote in the book was uh, was great. Talking about like um, he was talking about home plate collisions and the new rule that like prohibits that. Uh, Jaeger said, uh, "I understand why they're doing it because they have to protect the high price players. But the guys that did get run over and did get crushed at the plate all those years, what did we do it for?" <laughs> I just thought that was like a very interesting quote. Like it doesn't excuse. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean it was right or whatever to, to allow it. It's just like, you're right. Like, you're like, man, why didn't they? Maybe it was like, why didn't they save us? You know, like, um, I remember, uh, you know, first uh, good chunk of my first few years at spring training. Uh, morning, Jaeger was an instructor in camp. He was, he would coach the catchers. And a, a good, like, morning ritual was walking from the little, the side of the complex to get to the clubhouse. Um there was the little overhang uh, into the stairwell that got you into the bullpen on the field at Camelback Ranch. And Jaeger was inevitably in the morning on the phone, smoking a cigarette, leaning over the railing, and you'd always like pass him. And he was he's very friendly. Uh, so his nickname was Boomer. Um, and I put in our show notes, I'll put it in the, in the post as well. Uh, but he, when he coached the catchers uh, one of the years, this was, I guess, 2014, I believe, Griff Erickson, uh, if you remember him, uh, one of the Dodgers minor league catchers, he was wearing a shirt that said Boomer's Boys on the front with a catcher's mask. And on the back, it's Steve Yeager catching while blowing a bubble. And it says, working while you are sleeping. Um, so he, he was very good at, like, uh, teaching the Dodgers how to, like, um, you know, very just fundamentals of catching um, and, and did that for a while. Um, so, I but another, he was, he's known for a couple things. Well, one... Um, he, you know, he was a, a, he was very, um, into like LA lifestyle when, when he was playing, uh, he, po- he posed in Playgirl, um, famously, uh, and then, uh, I believe, uh, he said, uh, in the, in the Wax Pack book, and I, I've heard him talk about this previously, he, he was a big drinker, uh, like, you know, during his playing days, he, he quit, uh, drinking in like, right after he quit playing, like in, early 1987 and he's he hasn't drank since so like not uh he's been sober for man 33 years um 30 almost 34 years um but uh one of his other innovations uh sort of came not by accident because he was involved in it but like a very uh a near you know potentially near fatal accident it was late 1976 he's in the on deck circle bill russell's batting um i believe uh, i believe it was in san diego and Bill Russell, like, hit a ground ball to third base. His bat shattered. And, like, 
part of the bat came back and like shards like impaled Jaeger in the side of the neck. Um, and like he went down, he, he thought his shoulder was broken. Um, at the time it hurt so bad. Um, they said, um, this is from the, uh, Saber, um, recounting of this event. Uh, quote, um, is from Frederick C. Bush, uh, at the hospital, x-rays showed no broken bones, um, but Bauer, this is the doctor, not, not Trevor, um, had to make a four-inch lateral incision to remove the splinters that were still embedded in Jaeger's neck. A Dodgers team spokesman uh, who gave the update on Jaeger's condition after the surgery reported, he's very fortunate the wound just missed the nerve column that controls the feeling in, hand, in the hands and arms. It was so close to his windpipe and close to a major artery. Uh, Jaeger remained in the hospital. This was uh, September 6th. Uh, Jaeger remained in the hospital for a few days, but amazingly, he was back playing with the team in just three weeks. Like, how? How, how does that happen? How is he not out for the year at that point? Um, but uh, so what happened with this, um, Dodgers trainer Bill Bueller and Jaeger like, sort of co-developed um, a throat guard. Um and, you know, it's weird because this happened when he was on the on-deck circle, but it, it's, it really, it, it's, it's been innovative for, like, catchers behind the plate. Um, but it sort of came out of this um, incident. So um, there was also an incident, uh, speaking of fun spring training stories, um, Jaeger one year was talking to Ken Gurnick uh, in that same little pathway, and I believe they were talking about the time he stole home because I think either some players or a couple like coaches could not believe that Steve Yeager stole home. He was not a fast guy. He barely stole. But one time he actually did steal home. So I went and looked up like the when he did it and like got some newspaper accounts of that day. And um, I remember like it was it was something like the third base coach said um, – Oh, no, no, Lasorda was the third base coach at the time. Um, so this is from the like the reporting of, of the day in the San Bernardino Sun at the time. Uh, Tommy said, go ahead and try it. Uh, Jaeger said, laughing out loud, he said, what the hell do we have we got to lose? As St. Louis reliever Mike Wallace came set, Jaeger broke for the plate. A hurried throw by the startled pitcher was too late as Jaeger's slide caught the inside of the plate. The guy wasn't looking at him, Lasorda explained. Skip uh, told me uh, to be alert, so I told him to go ahead and try it. So he got it, and I so I looked it up. Jaeger also homered early in the game. So amazingly, I should have asked this as the trivia question, but I'll just tell you. Um, two other Dodger catchers have homered and stolen home in the same game. Um, one was Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, uh, Roy Campanella was one in 1954. And Bruce Edwards in 1948. I told Jaeger about this at the time, and he said, "He said, I guess me and Campy have something in common." <laughs> uh, so that's pretty cool. And then, uh, possibly, obviously, lifetime Dodger. So that that gains him points. But like Jaeger was the third base coach, uh, Duke Temple in the Major League movies. At least the first two. I don't remember if he was in the third one or not. But um, so Steve Yeager, very prevalent in my um, 1980s uh, baseball watching life, both, uh, you know, the sport itself and on, on the screen. So very, very, uh, very productive Dodger. All right. You have another trivia question for me. 
Yep. Um, so Steve Yeager, he's caught 38 postseason games for the Dodgers. That's the most uh, in Dodgers franchise history. Uh, what catchers are tied for second? I hate this question. <laughs> yeah. These, these cumulative. Uh, there, there's two. Two catchers. Yeah. Really. These cumulative stat playoff questions you're just so skewed to newer players so you want to guess that but then it makes me feel like i'm disrespecting the older players so um and so like i feel like the next most well-known sort of long-term dodgers at catcher i don't feel like would have gotten there but i'll uh so i'm tempted to go with a newer i'm gonna start with a newer name did grand is it grandall uh no okay in fact, I'm going to get you the number. So, so Jaeger's at 38. Yeah. Um, okay. I I I dismissively said no. Uh, Grandall's at 30. He's actually <laughs> he's actually fourth. Um, um, man, that um, I I will say the other names, but I don't I don't I'll say the obvious catcher names, but it feels weird that they would get to that. But we'll see. Campanella. He he is tied for second. Okay, at thirty-two. Man, all in the World Series, obviously. About to say, like that is that is unreal how good those yeah. teams were. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, Sosha's six next, pennant, but six six pennants in ten years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Sosha is fifth with twenty-nine. Um, uh, Russell Martin. Uh, seventh with okay. twenty. I'm I'm tapping out. You're gonna kick yourself. I'm going to. Austin Barnes. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I I wrote Grandall. I'm like, nah, not Barnes. I'll move on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I that's what I almost said earlier. It's like Jaeger reminded me of like Austin Barnes that excellent defensively and like and just sort of hung around like and, and always seemed to be behind the plate when it mattered. Like so. Uh, yeah. What's that, really what funny is earlier. if Grandall hadn't really, really stunk it up in what eighteen, uh, mm-hmm. uh, my answer would have been right, and, and Barnes wouldn't have been. Well, on there. <laughs> well uh, seventeen. It started seventy, but that was also Barnes was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, all right, fine. Qu- hey, it's time for that thing that we do. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right, it's time for. With Greg. We love them. Five questions from our friend Craig. We need to get on sometime during spring training. So let's make that happen. Okay. Rick Monday has mentioned this. Uh, Will Smith's at several times during the broadcast. Smith has hit 21 home runs in 91 total games played. That is more than all but one Dodger in franchise history. The other is Cody Bellinger, who had uh, 32 home runs in the amount of games played. I thought, I thought that would, that was it. And I'm like, that's not a question. Um, yeah. Today's trivia for Eric. There have been five Dodgers in franchise history, all as a Los Angeles Dodger, to hit 20 or more home runs in their first 100 games played. Can Eric name the other three uh, besides Bellinger and Smith? Um, so the first two that came to mind are... Are Matt Kemp and Mike Piazza. Um, Both Ron. <laughs> uh, so, this is their first hundred. Um, 
Wait, now I wonder, does this, uh-huh. is it first 100 games as a Dodger? Or like, is, like. I believe I it's their at, first 100 games, which were as a Dodger, but it was also their first 100 career games. Okay, so I was thinking maybe Max Muncie. The, uh, uh, no. But yeah, yeah, okay, so that wouldn't, yeah. Um, hmm. Wow. I'll let you know they so, all hit exactly 20. In in the 100 games? Um, yep. Wow. So, well, it's funny about that. So, like, so you look back, like, Eric Karros, uh, when he won Rookie of the Year, he had exactly 20 home runs, but that was all year in 92, and I think he played in 91 a little bit. So, not going to go him. Um, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. I, You know, Kemp had that crazy, like, seven home run run, but then he slumped, so that was probably it. Oh, you know what's funny? Is it James Loney? Nope. Because he had the 15 home runs in 2007. Um, <laughs> this is a player currently on the team. It is a player recently on the team. And then it is someone, this is inside baseball a little bit, but someone I off-air asked you a trivia question about um, last week. Oh, God. Okay. Um <laughs> Um, I'll ask. I'll find that uh, trivia question. Yep. While you think, this is. Wait, I don't remember. Huh. Um. So I the only thing, only thing I can think of of the players that are currently on the team, Corey Seager. Uh, correct. Okay, and then. Oh, recently would be Jock. Yep. Um, the other the trivia question. The trivia had, question uh, was: Name the two players with the most home runs in their career whose last names start with H. I have this um, calendar thing uh, that has oh. like pull up calendar, and I give Eric a quick trivia question from it now and then, and that was one. It and, with uh-huh. H. Um, you you answered this <laughs> incorrectly, I think. It's they have the same amount of home runs in their career and the same last name. Right. And one of those was the Dodger. So it was Ryan Howard and Frank oh. Howard. And then Frank Howard is your, oh, your yeah. other Dodger. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. I was like, I was thinking Todd Hollinsworth did not. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like uh, it looks like there will be fans in the stands for opening day in all Major League Baseball stadiums. Do either of you think we will see uh, any fan cutouts along with people in the early part of the season? I hope so. That was, that was creepy and it, fun. I mean, maybe like it's one of those things like, may, may, you know, they're gonna there's gonna be like seats like, um, sort of cordoned off or whatever like in between certain pods, I guess. So maybe you fill those in with with fan cutouts. But those were mostly for TV, you know, like the the down below seats. So m- maybe you still see that. I don't know, but it's one of those things like. I would imagine some teams will probably still have it, but I don't know about every team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Beginning on the next episode, I'm going to ask you both to pick division winners and wildcard winners. Today, I want you both to pick teams that will finish at 500 or lower. Let's see how many you disagree on. Wait, like all of them? <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Well, so the the Rockies and the Pirates, for sure. 
Um, there yeah, were 14 teams that did this <laughs> uh, in 2019, the last two, full yeah. season. Oh, I was going to say, because last year, two, two of them made the playoffs. Um, <laughs> um, so... I am going to pull up a list of teams, otherwise I'm going to brick on coming up with one. Yeah, um, I... I we're picking all the teams? What's going on here? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, yeah, so I'm... <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, that the Diamondbacks do, that the Reds do, um, the Orioles do, the Tigers do, Rangers. the Rangers do, the Mariners uh, do. Hmm. Those are my those are my locks. I'm. Do any of those you want to argue okay. with me on? So, I I don't think the Mariners are a lock. Uh, they probably will, but I don't, I, uh, I would say also the Marlins. I'm not sold on them. Oh, okay. I know, I know they made the playoffs, but I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm giving you just in terms of us having different, uh, you have the Mariners, uh, uh, and I have the Marlins. We're men of the sea. Yep. And then, uh, well, I, I did, I went to school at UCSD of the Triton. So, (laughs) um, let's see, um, and you said the Royals? No, I did not say the Royals. Oh, you didn't say the Royals. Okay. Hmm. I think I think I, the next your next tier is like the Royals. Um, yeah. Red Sox, like, <laughs> um, you know, right? You're really bad last year, so. Wow. Uh, um. Yeah, I. And the Royals are like sort of trying but like i don't know if they're that good philly it's also a really bad division like i yeah wow you know what i i'm gonna claim the royals just to say okay they're gonna be i really like their off season so i'm gonna yeah i mean i i sort of i still i still see where you're going with that but um any others you want you want to oh i'll take the red Sox. okay so yeah there it is all right. We've decided. Jacob, I thought I would check in on a previously asked question. Have you and your wife played more instrumental or vocal music around your child? And is there an artist she has reacted the most positively to yet? Please um, say Weird Al. No, not yet. Uh, she just <sighs> likes music generally. My dad's played guitar for her over uh, over Zoom. Uh, she really liked that. Um, oh, nice. Almost, uh, I have generally played oldies just because those are, are probably... like. 1960s music is probably the genre that I can like sing along to and remember all the words because it's what I grew up listening to. So I've done a lot of that. Um, it's probably more like pop music than it is instrumental, but it, it's a good mix of everything. Some Baby Shark, got to go, you know, that's the nice. thing that you're supposed to do. So, mm-hmm. um, last question is about chips. When I while I try to support local restaurants when I can, one type that I have not gone to is the local sandwich shop. While I promise to bring Jacob a godmother the next time he is in town, thank you. My ask today is: Do either of you have a favorite chain sandwich shop, and what is your favorite sandwich to get at that shop? I love them oh. all. Yeah, except for I... Good Sense, which is more prevalent out here, and it is bad. Oh, I didn't think there could be a bad sandwich, but do you, uh, do you even like like I? I don't go to Subway. I a, a I 
I, but I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like, I it, like it, it'll, Subway it'll, more than I think a lot of other people do. Yeah, it'll fit the bill. Like it, it does what it. Uh, even like Jimmy John's uh, is hits the spot occasionally, and I, I. Oh man, I'm trying to think. So Jimmy John's, I think my go-to is the Turkey Tom there. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I would add salami to it because it's a it's a good mix. Um, Subway. Man, I'm pretty simple there. Like they, I, they, they have a lot. Like I would, as far as a go to, in terms of like a favorite chain, um, Jersey Mike's I think is is probably the best of those, but it's also like the most expensive by far. Mm-hmm. You have to like take out a loan to buy a <laughs> sandwich. Um, but like, no, but it's. It, I, I just I I tend to like them and like the Italian sandwich there is probably the go to. Um, Capriati's was one that was close to me for a while. I have to go a little bit out of the way to get it now. Uh, their cheesesteak I loved, uh, still do, uh, but I just don't go there often enough. Both chicken or regular cheesesteak. Oh, I'm so hungry. Um... Yep. I love sandwiches. I've I've gotten my hoagie roll recipe down kind of pat, so mm. which is good because I haven't found an Italian sandwich out here in KC that I really really love. A few that I like, but none that I love. And now I can just make my own. Um, I love Wawa. Like ah. like it's a thing. It's a treat whenever I'm visiting family in Florida or I'm in like the Philadelphia area for for work. Um, so that's that's really high on my list. I love their hoagies. Um, I love Jersey Mike's. I actually I either get the um, the spicy Philly or um, or the the Italian as you do, um, and I have a very soft spot, even though they're a, a really poorly ran business uh, for Quiznos. Mm. That like hard to find these days, but they still exist, and I still still like them a lot. I, when I was living in San Diego, so like over a decade ago, uh, I would. Quiznos was a, a, a there was a, a couple that were close and I I, I did a lot, like and but their big thing was like oh look at us we toast the thing yeah. I don't I I don't really like the the subs toasted that much but like that was their thing and then they just like somebody's like okay we'll just add a toaster like, <laughs> yeah no, know, like this is not that hard like and they've they changed yeah. there was a period where they like over expanded and they changed their menu like seven different times and just clearly yeah. did never quite got a good handle on it but uh they're they're uh they're flatbread oh. slash sammies specifically the uh, chipotle turkey specifically is a all-time favorite of mine i i forgot to mention togo's which is another oh, man. pleasure now i, I almost I, I almost exclusively get pastrami there when mm. i go i i it's but, their italian that i get i really like theirs mm. but yeah they're but they're just generally good and actually like in a weird way um sometimes uh, like their their soups are like not bad, like you know, uh, like I know that's not why you're going there, but like some, th- um, they're 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 pretty good. So yeah, Togo Togo's is fun. Uh, I like it. Uh, oh, we did it. Yep, we're that's a lot of questions we answered. I and really want a godmother right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. All right. Well, go out and eat. Eat a fun sandwich and uh, with your favorite off-brand potato chips. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.